In a world where heresy blankets the airwaves, religious stuffed shirts suck the life out of Sunday morning, and prosperity teachers rob grandmothers of their pensions, three unassuming ministers endeavor to shine the light of biblical theology and put the fun back in fundamentalism. Broadcasting live from the Hall of Dogma... Welcome in to Episode 7 of the Gospel Friends. I am David. Oh. Something else is supposed to happen right now. <laughs> we have an empty chair. Wait, where's Chase? Who are you? Well, I'm Nick. Nick. I'm, I'm usually, well, right. except for that one time, but I'm usually here. That's right. You've missed two. Yeah. I'm the only one so far with perfect attendance after seven episodes. How much longer is that going to last? I don't know. All right, then. I am David. You are Nick. And Indeed. we are missing Chase in the Hall of Dogma tonight. Yeah. And we are missing him. Like Absolutely. I, I hate he's not here. Uh, Chase, Captain Crunchy, unfortunately has a, um ill child this afternoon. Uh, not uh, um, you know grave, but uh, just a situation where he could not uh, be here, even though we tried to work that out. And so uh, we're going just the two of us just out of the, the Hall of Dogma. Of yeah, we don't see. No. That but, could go good or bad, depending. Look, it will be something. I don't know what it will be. Hey, calm down. Memorable. Memorable. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know good or bad, but it will be memorable. Uh, so, yeah, we, we talked about bringing in a uh, replacement superhero friend at the last yeah. minute, but uh, unfortunately just didn't work out. It was too short of a notice. So, so grace to that situation for Chase and, and his child that is sick. Absolutely. So we are uh, we're the Gospel Friends. And Nick, Indeed. how can you get a hold of us? You can get a hold of us multiple ways. We have tried to ensure that as a possibility. Um, on the Twitter, at My Gospel Friends. Um, Facebook, we've got a page, but we've also got a group where we kind of focus discussion. And so we'll point you to the Facebook group, and that is the Hall of Dogma, where we record every week, facebook.com slash groups slash Hall of Dogma. And finally, the good old-fashioned ways of email at the gospel, or to, excuse me, the gospel friends at gmail.com or voicemail at 205-575-9735. And playing the part of Chase, it's David thanking this week <laughs> Sean Lombard for the intro and outro music that we have. And you can find him at seanlombard.com or facebook.com slash pages slash sean-lombard. There is a lot Did of- I do that okay? Well, there were a lot of SHs, and you yeah, I kind of missed the it slash. Up. Well, just just go on Facebook and search his name. The Google will help you out too. Lombard, L O M B A R D. I don't yeah, think there's a lot of them it. out there. So Nicholas, Nikolai, David, what are what's on tap for today for you? All right, so um, our buddy, our buddy Kevin, um, Reverend Doctor Captain Septum, whatever uh, y'all call uh, him, it's Doctor Septum. That sounds like a supervillain. Look, he is a super. He's just going to have to accept the role, embrace it, <laughs> Kevin. He's supervillain. Embrace it. That's awesome. We've got to get a good backstory for him if he's going to be a villain. Um, no, he posted on um, the Hall of Dogma about um, substance abuse and uh, the church's response to it. And I just kind of want to dive into that this week a little bit. Sounds good. And we're also going to talk about uh, an, an article, excuse me, a uh, subject that Andy Stanley brought up. Um, about whether or not pastors and church leaders should use the term when they're preaching, the Bible says. Uh, Andy Stanley at a uh, church planning conference brought up some reasons that he feels like that um, we should use the term of the writer. So Paul says or Peter says rather than the Bible says. So we'll talk a little bit about that today. And also we're going to give some feedback, hopefully, for a good friend of the show, Rob Johnson, who posted in the Hall of Dogma asking for some feedback on an article he wrote in his blog about Speaking in tongues, is it a necessary part of salvation? So we're going to try to d- dissect that a little bit today. But right now, here's the question. How do we play a game 
with just the two of us? Well, I have borrowed the same website. Um, thank you, absurdtrivia.com. Um, Wait, what, what did you say? Absurd Trivia. Okay, I thought you said absurd. I, I did say absurd, and then I realized I put the, too much emphasis on a syllable, and so I was trying to fix <laughs> <A> it. syllable. <laughs> Just roll with it. That was all, awesome. please. Okay. okay. Um, and so thank you to this website for having pre-made quizzes. Um, please note that the show makes no... Um, guarantee about the quality of or content of any of the quizzes so if you go googling don't get mad at me if it's bad be careful as you google i, I really do hate though that um captain crunchy's not here because he had a serial slogan game for us tonight. i'm actually looking forward to it. i am so hopefully uh captain will bring that next week so what i did is i just kind of went to the site and started googling random quizzes that me and um rev verbage over here would be equally equipped to tackle and so we found wait a minute now you're going to read How's this going to work? So, okay, so what it is is the, the quiz is not filled in. So oh, I'm okay. going to read the question, read you the four answers, and I'm going to choose, um, oh, okay. this won't work right. I just realized this is going to go horribly, horribly wrong. Well, at least you realized it now, you know, as we're recording and not before the show. Well, you know, so we're going to answer this quiz, and then we're going to figure out how many we got right at the end of it. So okay, we're just going to roll with it. Look, we're a little unprepared, but this is going to be fun for this the This is listening. like a runaway train right now. Never come back. I never really thought that Chase kind of held everything together. I mean, well, the, in fairness, the guy has to write things on his hands to remember stuff. And, and by the way, that's not a lie. Oh, look, we should give away all his game. secrets while he's not here. Well, it could be very provocative. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the first six episodes to get that joke. <laughs> or any of us. Or um, where everything is provocative. There you go. OK, maybe that's. <laughs> Keep going. Talk about going to the bad place. Sorry. All right. So what I did don't really know how i settled on this now but we're gonna go with chick flick movie quotes <laughs> chick flick movie, movie quotes. quotes i have seen my fair share of chick flicks over the years with my beautiful bride <laughs> who, doesn't like being, who doesn't like being called bride so we're doing great so i'm going to give you the odd questions i'm going to take the even we're going to see who got the most okay right. ready for this yes all right so i'm going to give you the quote i'm going to give you four movie choices mostly and you got to tell me which movie it is from okay all right I know you can be underwhelmed, and I know you can be overwhelmed, but can you just ever be, like, whelmed? All right. Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, wait. Give me the answer. That's, there's your, never been kissed. Okay. Along came Polly. Okay. Ten things I hate about you, or bring it on. All right. Pretty sure it's not ten things I hate about you. I think I've seen that one. I'm going to go with um, uh, Along Came Polly. I've never seen it, but I'm guessing. Okay. The selection is locked, and you are wrong. (sighs) Ah. But it doesn't show the correct answer? No, but I just know that movie. Okay. God rest his soul. Heath Ledger was in the movie that I was in. All right. Okay. I need your divine intervention. My oldest daughter, Siddeley, is about to throw away true love. Don't let her do that. I will only smoke once a day, and I will only, <laughs> only a- have a drink once a week. Are they praying? <laughs> I guess. Um, you've got How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Divine Secret to the Yaya Sisterhood, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, and First Daughter. <laughs> Wait, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants? P-A-N-T-S? Yes. You never heard of that book? No. I think it's a book and a movie. I think it's both. Okay. Uh, there's no good way for me to elaborate on that, so just continue. All right, so I'm going to – got to flip a coin. I don't think it's First Daughter. Um, I'll help you out. Well, never mind. I'm not going to help you see, out because we're competing. See, I actually think it is the traveling pants. Okay. So I'm going with that. And? Well, it doesn't tell me until the end. So you don't know? No. Oh, okay. It's it's killing me. Okay. All right. Here's for you. Ooh. Um, it's such a nice sounding word for what it means. 
a fortunate accident. Is that the Prince and Me? Save the Last Dance? Shall We Dance? Or Serendipity? I've seen two of those, and I don't remember the line, so I'm going to go Shall We Dance, because I haven't seen that one. I've actually seen, I think, all those movies. All right. Okay, boy. You know Emperor Penguins spend their whole lives looking for that one other penguin when they meet them. They know. (laughs) And they spend the rest of their lives... The penguin? Together. Oh, help me, Lord Jesus. Um... I don't think Jesus cares how this goes. Never been kissed, raising Helen, Notting Hill, and she's all that. Um, I know it's not. She's I've all seen that. a couple of those. Yeah, she's all that had uh, Freddie Prince and Freddie Prince Jr. That what I say? The late Paul Prince. Wal- you said Prince. It's Prince. The late Paul Walker. Oh, Paul Walker was in that yeah, movie. He was. He was, he, the, was, he was the nemesis kind of guy. Dulay Hill, who played Charlie on um, the West Wing, was did also not in it. Know that? Yep. And what, who was the girl's name? Don't know. I'll look it up. Rachel. Yeah. I'm glad I don't remember anymore right, wait, because wait, there was ahead. a time in my life I didn't need to remember. Um, <laughs> n- I'm going with Notting Hill on okay. that one. I don't think that's right, but good. Because I've seen that one. All right. The truth is I gave my, w- gave my heart away. Ten. Okay. I gave my heart away a long time ago, my whole heart, and I never really got it back. <laughs> Legally Blonde. Legally Blonde 2. <laughs> Which, how'd that ever happen? Runaway Bride or Sweet Home Alabama. Sweet home Alabama, lock it in as yeah, done. I think you're right, because I have seen that movie, and and by the way, that that whole thing, that place that's in the movie, does not even really exist in Alabama. It's a real know. city. Yes, but it doesn't look anything no. like the real city. Like there's no, no oh, yeah. fly-in lake thing. Yeah, they took some some liberties with that script. Well, did you hear? Apparently, Mom's Night Out was filmed in parts of Birmingham. Oh, like, yeah, like a ton of the movie was filmed here in Birmingham. But but apparently they brought the Pelham police cars into Birmingham because the cars looked cooler than the Birmingham. Oh, really? <laughs> apparently so. Birmingham doesn't have cool-looking police cars. They, they I'm just don't. Admit it. It's, they don't. It's, it's, they could spice them up. They could. So. I'm just uh, glad I don't encounter them often. Yeah. All right. You have to promise you no won't follow me. No offense if you're a Birmingham me. officer. Go I ahead. have no idea. You, you have to promise you won't follow me. Message in a bottle. Walk to remember two weeks' notice and while you were sleeping. I've seen while you were sleeping. I think. Yeah. Is that the one with Julia Roberts? No, the other her, um, Sandra Bullock. Yes. Okay. They were in competing girl yeah. movies for a long time. You're right. Yeah. I, her. Th- this is a. F- <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, the, what the, question are we on right me- now? Message to the audience: This is how you know this quiz is even because we really have no idea. I'm going with while you were sleeping, just because it'll be fun. Okay. What number? <laughs> it's number seven. Okay. Hey, we gotta hurry this up. Please don't please don't turn the show off. I've got the runs. I mean I've got to run. <laughs> Did you just say I've got the runs? That's the quote. In parentheses it says walks away. Oh, oh my god, I've got the runs? Question mark. <laughs> well, okay, wait. I think I actually may know that line. Well, give me the movies. Look, it's not how you spent elders meeting, but I'm saying Hey, give me the movies. <laughs> A guy thing, made in Manhattan, head over heels, boys and girls. Made Manhattan. All right. I don't know if I'm right, but I've seen that one. I could have seen it be Boys and Girls, too. That um, one's fun. Two more. <laughs> These aren't spirit fingers. These are spirit fingers. <laughs> okay. Wait a minute. How many How many of those cheerleader pom-pom <laughs> well, okay, so movies have they made? It's Bring It On, okay. Center Stage, Summer Catch, or The Upside of Anger. I'm going with Bring It On. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be. <laughs> last one. No, there's two more. Calm ah. down. You're last one. I get one more. Our love fern, you let it die. Is that what you're going to do? 
Okay. I know this one. <laughs> Give it to me. Notting Hill. No, I can tell you. How lose a guy in 10 days? You I already it. know it. Yeah. Log it in. It's there. That's when she's being. That is, I love that movie, by the way. I should, I'm, I'm saying that with too much emphasis. I'm, I'm going to have to pause the, ma- the re- <laughs> recording while I pull David's man. Uh, Actually, for- you got to call Allison. She's got it. <laughs> He was, said you were complimentarian. What the heck? Well, I, you're as complimentarian as your wife lets you be. Well, she had to. Had, she had to take the card. <laughs> I had to give it up. Can you, we're going to go ahead and pause the game. <laughs> what did you do to lose your man card to your wife? I don't remember. Really? Yeah. I think that's something I would remember. I think someone told me to give it to her. <laughs> Whoever said orange the new pink was seriously disturbed, and um, oh crud. Um, I can't believe I'm having like distress over this. It's either Clueless, Legally Blonde, Sorority Girls, Legally Blonde Two. It sounds like a Legally Blonde thing, but I'm going to, I'm I'm torn by Clueless, but I'm going with Legally Blonde. That was my first thought. Okay, submitting answers. Who won? <laughs> How bad were we? <laughs> we got forty percent of forty. Forty percent. Right. That's pretty high. All right, we may both have to turn our man cards in. Well, when I get it back. We got forty percent right. We got four out of ten right. I think we're safe. Okay, but wait, you got to tell. Well, that's still that's still pretty high. But you, who okay, won? we both missed the first four. You got Sweet Home Alabama yeah. right. I got While You're Sleeping Wrong. Okay, but then I got Bring It On. Okay, that's one to one. Oh, we tied. We, we tied? straight up tied. Wow. All right. Uh, All right. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Tiebreaker. You know, rock paper scissors. I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and give it to you. You don't have your man card anymore, so I'll give you the win. Look, I know we're in the vicinity of where it's at. Yeah, that counts. <laughs> uh, all right, if you're still with us, we're going to talk a little bit about um, Andy Stanley at a recent... I, I have a way you can get your Oh, wait a minute. Wait. wait. We what? completely skipped something. What did we skip? Look, everything is falling apart. Oh, you're right. We we, we skipped... We completely skipped the uh, Google Gold. We need to do this. This is a good article. It is a good article. All right, so before we get to the Andy Stanley thing, let's do Google Gold. Okay. Seriously, I can't believe Chase holds things together. Google Gold, this week, an article called Dead or Meditating. So... Uh, this is from the Atlantic.com. One of the wealthiest spiritual leaders in India has either been dead or in a transcendental meditative state since January. <laughs> See, I was hoping they were going to say June, right? No. Maybe May. It's January. Cause, and, a, and according to reports from New Delhi, a court has now been asked to settle the matter. Ashtuash Mahara. We apologize. I really, Gazintai, I don't know, is presently in a commercial freezer in his ashram. Guarded Where by, is he at? <laughs> he's in a commercial freezer in his ashram. I'm like gonna, they have the air conditioning turned up? <laughs> or is this like a Ted Williams freezer? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Look, you always, these, these stories about people, oh, I, I, looked, I Googled ashram. It is a spiritual hermitage or monastery. Okay, all right. I, uh, you always, these guys that die and then there's some fight over their bodies. And the, like a year later, they're still not buried. And you're just yeah. like, please bury the poor person. What but person this case is not that. He is uh, presently in a commercial f- freezer in his <clears throat> monastery, guarded by elders within the multinational sect um, or self-described socio-spiritual cultural not-for-profit organization that he created. Say that. Gazunite. Yeah. Speaking of Gazunite. Now, So here's the deal. His followers insist that Mahara is in a state of transcendent bliss called... Transcendent. 
Yeah, that too. Samadhi. No. I don't think I said that right. Sam uh, anyway, he's in a he's in some kind of a state, Nick. <laughs> of and it's uh this state he's in is a central tenet of the traditional yoga in which the yogi <laughs> Okay. I'm sorry. Listen. You were doing so well. Yeah. Look, just it, go on to episode eight. Hey, It'll boo-boo. be out next week. <laughs> so a person who does yoga is called a yogi? I thought that was more of a... Anyway. All seriously, I thought that was more of a leader role, personally. Okay. A central no, tenet of traditional yoga in which a yogi becomes one with the universe. Upon moving all of your prana, your currents of energy... This is like a whole world that I'm not even a part of. Up your spine and into your head, according to the yoga manual, a yogi can become as if dead. All right, so basically he's... Uh, now, his family says that uh, he died of a heart attack in January. Yes. Now, here's the deal. This guy has a $170 million estate where the corpse resides. That's serious money. The best I can tell is if he's dead, all these elders have to leave. Yeah. And can't stay at the $170 million estate anymore. And they don't want to. And his family just, you know, wants... They filed the court application because they just want to bury the poor guy. Here's my deal. Why in... Here's my question. Why in 2014... (laughs) Can we not tell if somebody's dead? I mean, now I, I get it. Uh, you know, they, they they cite a study here um, from a, uh, a, a a American. I, these words are too big for me, but electrophysiologist who traveled to India in 1961 with the support of the Rockefeller Foundation to study yogis who claimed to be able to stop their hearts and um, and, and actually. You know, did this study that uh, the results of the study published in the medical journal Circulation say that while listening with a stethoscope, the sounds of the heartbeat of the yogi either disappeared briefly or were obscured by sounds from muscle action and his pulse weakened or disappeared briefly. So basically, hey, yeah, he could be dead and you not know it um, was kind of the results of the study. But I mean, this guy here, here's where it kind of turns for me, Um, even his. even some of the leaders of his um, sect said they actually admitted this week that his skin had began to turn green, and so they moved him into a freezer. It's Yoda. It's- <laughs> no, it's a yogi. So I don't know that, how many I don't know how many people time, we're offending right now. There's that thought that over time. Well, I mean, it's not a thought. It's you know, you will reach the height, the tallest you're going to be in life, and then you will slowly start to shrink again. <laughs> And so do you think Yoda Nick. is just is just on his way back down? <laughs> I don't know. I, that's something I would say because I'm not a big Star Wars fan. Um, yeah, so they uh, they noticed some Look, changes the in his skin. skin turned green, they, they shifted the body to a freezer. I, I get – because we haven't been culturally insensitive enough. Yes. Look, I get the fact that this can – I mean, I understand the meditation thing. I've, I've read articles about people, these deep states of meditation before, seeming like they were dead for however long period of time at the point where the dude's skin turns green and you have to put him in a we'll call it very cold room because i don't understand how people can survive in a freezer to me that that's your warning signs that something something fishy's going on so yeah i i'm just going to now look i, I want to apologize if you are an international listener and just just understand the hall of dogma is located in deep south america yeah that's a good excuse home of rednecks are us but i i just 
I mean, why can't we just tell the guy's dead? I mean, I don't understand why this has to be this difficult. Well, but that also, you know, to rationalize it, it does speak to that that idea of people wanting to protect either the power they have or the system they have, even to the degree yeah. that it's illogical. So. That's true. And, and, and I think that, I mean, I think ultimately most reasonable people would be able to see here that um, His Holiness Maharab has moved on. Right. And... You know, they are just holding on for the money and not wanting to let go of the power. Sadly, that's what it seems like. And, uh, and you know, at this point, yeah, I, th- I think that's one of the, the sadder points of, um, you know, death in families and, and things like that is a lot of times you'll see families that will, at that point, begin to argue over financial things and money and, yeah, uh, you know, trying. But in this case, I, I just, you know, hey, Let's go figure out if the guy's meditating or not. And, yeah, and well, we and hopefully, and it seems like they're going to, that's what they're And I apologize for all of the uh, people that we've offended. Well, mo- you know, if, I, if I'm really good at my what I do, they won't know half of what we said. Because you're just going to edit it all out? We may try. <laughs> One of his assistants is named Boo Boo. Oh. I had to just go over the line. <laughs> that was a yogi. Usually, bear oh, I knew what it was. I'm just trying not to blow out um, okay. the speakers with my laughter. Do you do you, so? Let's let's do the uh, Andy Stanley. Yeah, let's thing. talk about Mr. Uh, so a little bit more serious. Andy Stanley, pastor of uh, North oh, Park. Hey, real quick. I'm sorry. Yeah, just a quick interjection from the social media. Buddy, mine, Josh. His uh, daughter was born apparently just now, or it just awesome. got posted to Facebook just now. Do I know this, ago. Josh? So, uh, you do. He's he's one of our coworkers. Oh, that Josh. Yeah. Hey. Congratulations. Congratulations. Does he listen to this? Uh, I don't know, but just in case he does. Okay. Well, awesome. What's up, Josh? Good job, Josh. Congratulations. Well, really good job, Rachel. And yes, Josh, good I job. hope you didn't pass out. Good job, Josh's wife. <laughs> Andy Stanley, pastor of, is it North Park Community Church in Atlanta? Maybe. Look, anyway. I tried to put John Piper in Pennsylvania yesterday, last week, and so let's not That's ask true. Nick All right, Andy, St- Andy Stanley's in Atlanta, and I believe it's North Park community, but uh, Andy Stanley, uh, one of the, I, I, I don't find myself agreeing with um, Andy on, um, you know, every theological issue, um, but however, I, he's one of the best communicators. I mean, he is a fabulous communicator, yeah. and, and uh, uh, we've done a small group study here at the uh, uh, Hall of Dogma Church. Uh, 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 on, that is the, that's our church plant's name. Hall of Dogma, Dogma Church. Church at uh, uh, on uh, families a few years ago. So uh, was I here then? No, it was, it was before you. Uh, okay. It was before you were welcomed into the hall. But uh, anyway, Andy Andy's a great great communicator. Well, he doing a um, a talk at the exponential church planning conference in Florida under the theme of rethinking preaching, Stanley uh, put forth an idea that um, preachers and pastors should not use the term the Bible says, that they should avoid saying that. This is a quote that my understanding is it was made famous by by guys like Billy Graham. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible says. Right. We hear that a lot. I say that. That's, that's in my language. Right. The Bible says this. Um, Andy Stanley's uh, point here, and I actually don't you know, this is not a thing where I think he's way off in left field. Mm-hmm. I think it brings up a pretty good discussion. But essentially what, what Andy says is that you should say things like James, the brother of Jesus, writes, or Paul, who hated 
Christians and yet became one writes. And so Stanley is saying, hey, stress that the Bible was written by real people in a real time. And his point is this. Um, it's not that he doesn't believe the Bible has authority. His his you know, his approach is that there are people in the audience who may doubt the authority of Scripture. And so rather than you say, the Bible says, point out that these, you know, make the point that the, these books were written by real individuals in a real time who had real lineage to Jesus. Right. And by, you know, by pointing people back to that and pointing people back to these writers' connection to Jesus, eventually they'll come back around to understand the authority of Scripture. Um, and so, so that's kind of the question. I mean, you know, you know, maybe just get some initial thoughts from you, and then um, go to a little bit deeper discussion. Especially, it's funny because in light of um, you know, we talk about all the time, or you know, it has become a popular thing for me to to think twice about before I say something. Is when you start to say the Bible says, or Scripture teaches, or hey, this verse is okay. What's the context of that verse? We we talked about yeah. it in your sermon this morning, and you know, I would. You know, anytime someone is going to, you know, uh, Twitter slogan a, a verse, <laughs> you know, this is my Twitter tagline or this is my new summer yeah. YOLO tap. Um, <laughs> let's read the verses, five verses in front of that one and five verses behind it to just make sure what, what's being said there is what you really want to say. So in light of that, what what's the context of who he's talking to? Yes. Um, you know, we'll write articles a lot that seem to be more focused on the church itself. So is he talking to, to Christian leaders here? Is he talking to, to Christians in general? What's his, what's his, what's his frame of reference? Do you know? In, in here? Yeah. Well, it was, a, it was a church planting conference. It so is a church planting conference. So he's talking to guys who are, you know, planning to plant churches or somehow involved in church plants um, is, is who you would assume the audience See, is. I, or maybe guys is, who've been preaching for a while. This is such a tough thing for me because there's, you know, the biblical inerrancy thing comes up so often, and people will split hairs over the inspired or the actual word of God. Mm-hmm. You know, the the conversation, I think you were the person who pointed out to me, because um, I was, it was when I was getting an ESV study Bible, and I was, you know, you had had one, and a couple of the people at, at Agape had had one. And the elect standard version. <clears throat> Sorry, my it's Armenian okay. friend. It's Okay. Or not according to you, I'm not an Armenian. Um, well, in name only. I just don't realize it yet. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Um, but I was talking like, yeah, okay, this one has red letter. Da, da, da. And you kind of offhand mentioned, oh, well, you know that there's no reason to have red letter because it's there's, all the word. There's and a pretty you, big controversy were, on that. You were joking when you said it, yes. but I was like, what? And you're like, no, no, no. You're like, oh, no. There really is a controversy. I'm like, yeah. why is that a controversy? Yeah. Um, and, it, and I guess that harkens back to this for me is – I understand the desire to want to give people more full context on the scripture. Yeah. And um, full context uh, kind of encourage them to go deeper. And, okay, what's Paul's reason for saying that? When, where, and how? I I don't think – to me, I don't think you invalidate or, or, you know, oversimplify the word um, by specifying – specifying or specifying? Look, don't ask me. I've I've – Butchered some words an, today. Yeah, specifying an author over the word itself. Paul says in the word, or you know, Paul writing in one of his letters, no problem just to provide context, but being afraid to say the Bible says in that context, I'm not afraid of. What I get frustrated with is that Twitter theology of, you know, the Bible says 
and sometimes, you know, Kevin, one of his games he used to play on Faith Today was Scrap or Scrap. Yeah. And, you know, is this a Bible phrase or is it a greeting card? Yeah, you know? people taking it out of context. Yeah. And so, yeah, the red letter controversy, by the way, if you've not heard of that, it, it's essentially, you know, I say it's controversy, but there, there are people who, yeah, essentially here's the thought, is that when you put the red letters in the Bible, yeah. that people are looking at those, because that has always traditionally been the words of Jesus, so we put the words of right, Jesus right. in red. Now, if you believe, as I do, that, Jesus, that all the word goes back to God, um, and, and the Father and the Son are one. And so in the Old Testament, God is speaking through prophets. His Son comes, according to Hebrews, in the latter days he speaks through his Son. And then Jesus told his disciples, I have more things to teach you and tell you, but you can't handle them right now, mm-hmm. so I will send the Spirit, and the Spirit will lead you into all truth. Mm-hmm. And then he sent out his apostles who also wrote uh, Scripture passages. Right. And so all of the Bible then carries the authority of Christ, which I I do agree with. I sure. believe that. I, I I tell you know I use this illustration sometimes. Um, you know, I have five kids. Sometimes I will send one of my children to go deliver a message to my other kids. Correct. Sometimes I will go myself. In either way, it carries my authority. If right. It, if it if it's me telling someone to go say it, or if it's me saying it, it carries my authority. Um, and so some people have said, "Hey, let's not have the red letters because what people tend to do is say." Well, those words carry more authority than the other words mm-hmm. do because Jesus said those. And so, you know, the counter to that is, well, Jesus said the whole Bible. Jesus validated the whole Bible. Right. And, and you can go back and forth. I, I will say that one time we were in a church. Uh, this has been years ago. This has been years ago in, in a denomination that we're not a part of anymore. But there, it was a, there was a controversy beginning to brew about homosexuality in the church and um, – Somebody in a Sunday school class we were in said, if only Jesus had said something about it. Yeah. And so, you know, I get it. I don't know if it could be, you know, I think you and I had some good back and forth. on I get a little, you know, legalist about you shouldn't have red letters in your in your Bible. But um, to, I think to the point, here, here's one thing that I consider. Um, I ha- On the flip side, you know, are there people who consider the authority of the Bible and not the authority of Paul. So in other words, if you say something like, well, Paul says, right. you know, at, at least in the South, in, in, in the past, in tradition, and mm-hmm. I think this is beginning to change, but kind of where we are, the Bible carries some degree of authority to it. Yes. The Bible, uh, people recognize that. But if you start saying, well, Paul says, and, and someone rises up mm-hmm. and said, well, yeah, Paul said it, but Jesus didn't. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I wonder maybe the flip of it. Do, do you, you know, do you somehow call into question the words by using the terms um, Paul said rather than the Bible? In other words, are there people who find more authority in yet the Bible says this? Well, in that, <laughs> and you can probably go back and forth. Basically, I guess it's a question of who's your audience. Yeah, um, I get that. I like the discussion. I, I I can't blanket statement do or don't say the Bible says, um, and I may just be getting you know my old age, but I, I do think, I personally I'm going to go with there being merit to the Word of God says or the Bible. Awesome. The Bible says, and that's and I don't think you put people off, but I will say there have been times when I've struggled with um, various points of theology, and you know you know the verses like study to show yourself approved, everyone be convinced in his own mind. Those you know those kind yeah. of things and. And I do believe wrestling with the word is good. I think we're, we're challenged to not to um, <laughs> find loopholes in it or, or 
you know, work it out to how we feel, but to read the word, it go, wait, I'm, I, that's not fair or that's not easy, da, 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 da. And you let it iron out by reading the yeah. word, praying, things like that. And I will say that there have been points of theology that I have gone, all right, but is Paul just being a goober here? Or is, is Peter just being, <laughs> well, hear me out, but or is Peter just being, hey, moron, I cut his ear off and then lied about knowing Jesus, Peter, or is he being Apostle Peter? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think seeing people in those contexts can be helpful when you read the letters, because I do think you see different personalities. And so that's what's interesting to me about Bible and inerrancy and, and all those things, because you different people's personality comes out. Yeah. And so what I will do is I will read what they say and then try to find where Jesus speaks to that subject as well. Um, and I will say, I don't think there's many things that, including the homosexuality question, I don't think there's many things that the apostles wrote about in the later letters that aren't validated in the ministry and teaching of Jesus. I, I can't think of anything, including that one, even though Jesus doesn't speak to it directly. I, I will say this. Um, I I would probably, if you asked me to fall down here you know, like on a decision, I would mm-hmm. say I'd probably use a mixture of both. I think it is good to talk from time to time and, and say things in, in, in your language and in your preaching. Right. Paul says here, yeah, yeah. Peter says here, because I think it, it's a good reminder to people, back to Andy Stanley's mm-hmm. point, is that, look, these were real people. Yes. These were real people, and when Paul says, hey— you know, if you don't believe me about the resurrection, go ask these five hundred people right. who saw him. That most of these most of these witnesses who saw Jesus resurrected from the dead, they're still alive. Mm-hmm. Well, of course they're not today, but they were when he wrote the letter. And so right. I think it's good to remind people this is a historical book with historical mm-hmm. context. But why I like saying the Bible says is because I believe the Bible in its entirety is from God. Right. Cover to cover, it's united in one message. And I think it's good to um to, to use that language to say Scripture is speaking here. A guy named Daryl Dash, who I follow on Twitter, have for a few years, at Dash House on Twitter. He also has a blog called DashHouse.com, and he, he wrote uh, about this, um, and, 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 and he talked about there were some things about Stanley's uh, approach that he liked, but um, he gave a few concerns, and one of them at the bottom of this blog, I think it's really good. I want to expect more of Scripture. He says, the reason Scripture is authoritative is not because of the authors and their stories. The reason Scripture is authoritative is because God has spoken and revealed himself. Mm-hmm. And there are times to defend and establish the authority of Scripture, and there are also times to unleash Scripture and let it do its work, realizing the Holy Spirit is in the room. Mm-hmm. And I say amen to that. Good job, Daryl, because I, I agree with that point. And that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from is, hey, I think sometimes it's good to remind people of the historical mm-hmm. Authenticity, yeah, but sometimes I think it was like Spurgeon said, "It's like a lion. Don't defend the lion; <laughs> just release lion it. will take care." Of it. Yeah. I was, you know, something that does help me um, when people are talking about authors is to, you know, take a break. Take, you know, don't make it the focus of your sermon. But if you're talking about one of Paul's letters and he's writing on a hard subject matter or something like that, kind of given that historical context validates the words of Paul because mm. Paul can come across pretty brash, but when you kind of balance that with what he went through and yeah. how he suffered for the gospel, all of a sudden you go, all right, broken talk. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he's got, he's taking his lumps, you know, literally, yeah. um, he, he can, he can say what he wants to. So awesome. Um, Good discussion. Yeah, buddy. All right. So I'm going to kind of, it's interesting cause it's not, um, unrelated to this one, just kind of, um, perspectives, on things, you know, we're talking about the the biblical um, 
parents, any things like that. By the way, I'm sorry, but I'm out on Twitter. <laughs> and Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh. <laughs> oh, great. Matt Walsh. What did good old Matt do now? Well, it's at Matt, at Matt Walsh blog on his Twitter feed. But he retweeted um, a comment he got from Fem Theory, F-E-M-M-E. Which already, presumably feminist theory. Yes. Oh boy. So we know. But but oh the, the comment back to Matt was: This is what feminist theory wrote to him. You're the most uninformed, self righteous, arrogant person alive. I hate you. <laughs> and he just retweeted it and put thanks for the endorsement. I just I like Matt Walsh, Look, and I like the fact that he can live as he lives with apparently no fear of death because he's got so he's he's made so many enemies simply by writing. You know. Well, okay, so I don't know if he posted it or it may have been on one of the other Facebook pages I follow, but apparently he changed his profile picture. He did. Dude, have you seen this He article? got ripped. I mean, he did. He got ripped by Christians. I know. Well, and so what it is is it's him sitting on his front porch, short yeah. sleeve shirt, and on his right um, forearm, he's got a tattoo, which I, I know I've seen that symbol, but I, I'm not as good on symbols. I, I believe my brother-in-law has this same symbol on his forearm. Yeah. Um, so the P and the X. Um, anyway. Uh, I'll, I'll have to ask him about it. I think he's got the same. He's got a very similar tattoo. If he doesn't have that one, go ahead. He's sitting on front. Yeah, he's got he's got his khaki sh- khaki shorts on. Got his cross hanging around his neck. Got that tattoo showing. And yeah, I can't find it. Oh well, I was trying to do a quick search while David was um working out for me um, or uh, stalling for me. But he's got a tattoo. He's holding a glass of bourbon. Um, and well, he doesn't. Play. People freaked out about his tattoos. Um, he's got one on his uh, his left bicep, um, kind of shoulder into the bicep. And, um, you know, there's a th- book of theology sitting on the porch or on the table next to him. But right next to the book of theology, there's a cigar. And he was like, and in the response, he was basically saying, hey, y'all missed the cigar. Y'all may want to fuss at me about that, too. And so, you know, that's a fun topic for me because, you know, I was talking to um, – sorry for bumping my microphone for those that disturbed, but – I was I was talking to one of my colleagues at work, and um, absolute you know loves God, um, down to earth, humble believer. Um, and so when you know when I say this, it's it's absolutely in in no way he's he's wrong or wanting to get up in arms. He he and I just kind of have some different stances on some things, and um, much more conservative and, and, and some things like that. And um, it just it was it was funny talking to him, and then having seen this and it should they were yeah. like two you know they're two ends of the spectrum and i you know i'm not i've been listening to, after the tullian stuff happened a couple of months ago um i kind of started down the road of why is everybody freaking out about tullian and the yeah. antinomian nomian thing and i guess i'm probably just more of a closer than to tullian than i am some others on some of this stuff that we we major on the minors but that's not a bad segue into what I mean. I was, but, but, I mean oh, go ahead, please. No, I'm just saying it's just Christians ripping him. Oh, look, this. it's it's Christians ripping him. By the way, I I don't know if this is true. <laughs> okay, I'm getting. I googled it the way you did, and I'm I'm actually about to read um, the tattoo. The well, the meaning of it. But I'm be warned. I am reading this off bodybuilding.com because someone posted a picture of it and said, "Hey, what does this mean?" But oh, um, uh, the the answer from Crusader. It came back and says it's a Christian symbol. It's the Greek letters Chi and Rho, or K I and R O, which are the first two letters of the word Christ in Greek. So, oh, that actually, um, hey, we'll go with it. Uh, but he's that being, sounds like what I remember David telling me. Okay, he's being ripped by Christians yeah. for, um, I mean, you know, I, I, you know. The tattoos, the drinking, the the cigar, and I and we can't cover all that today. You know, our 
are tattoos wrong for Christians? Is drinking wrong for Christians? Or smoking a cigar wrong for Christians? But I think it's just pretty ridiculous. It, it, you know, we got enough problems in the world without Christians eating their own um, over over these kind of things. And I, I don't believe any of those things are inherently sinful. And yeah, I just think it's ridiculous that uh, we talked about this. How wise are Facebook battles? Um, this is a tough one, you know, because he is. Uh, for a lot of people, he's this untouchable guy, and yeah. you know they don't realize when they're going to go spouting off that no, it's it's a dude who's going to read those. It's not just some <laughs> guy that's never you're just associated from. It's a dude, and he makes himself pretty available to people. Um, but it's it's just not even if you have. First of all, what are you going to accomplish by doing this other than making yourself feel better? And is that the the way we see in scripture laid out for yeah. people to? Handle conflict, so that's and and, and the question, the answer to that is absolutely not. But uh, you go over I was here trying to make it rhetorical for people. David. Sorry, at Matt Walsh blog, or you can go to his Facebook. He's actually got, I think, an interesting conversation posted up there about uh, the Christians who were offended by his scandalous pick of booze and tattoos. So <laughs> I, we ought to follow up on this. Okay, uh, I, I will. Uh, I'll, well, I'll, I like. I don't like uh, a lot of personalities on Facebook because I try yeah. to keep it pretty. Um, I'll you know I follow people in feed readers, but I just I just liked his um okay <laughs> his face, face we'll follow up on it yeah. maybe in a future episode. Go ahead and uh, go. Well, with- it, it's not a bad segue because um, it, what I was I was trying to kind of dive into is just um, we had the issue with Andy Stanley and and how Christians should or shouldn't approach things and um, what's good and bad and a situation with a friend of ours has come up and it's just prompted him to ask about. Um, substance abuse Mm. and the church's handling of it response to it um on down the line and i don't have an article i don't necessarily even have verses i think we can all think of proverbs or psalms verses that talk about um you know wine is a mocker don't be given to strong drink things like that um this was a uh hall of dogma it was it was kevin's kevin small um our buddy uh Reverend Doctor Septum, I'm st- never going to get that. Doctor Septum, you know, reminds me of Geek Out, the uh, podcast we used to do. You can find it on YouTube. I don't know what it is about the word Septum. Look but for it the episode where I uh, did the superhero battle. You're gonna, you're gonna bring that up. You are still so proud of that thing. I am proud of that episode. Look, but anyway, I don't uh, like to give. You used to try to nickname everybody at the beginning of the show, and it always. Yeah, yeah, Doctor Septum, um, but he did. He posted, you know, um, just kind of. Thoughts about uh, churches, Christianity at large, is responsive to, to substance abuse, and and I just thought it was a good topic because, um, again, the the more proverbial encouragements in Scripture I think are there, um, but the you know day to day how to solve these things specifically aren't there. Now with that, um, here's here's where I may kind of get myself in trouble. Um, I come from a more charismatic background. What? And um, there is a lot of spiritual expectation without a lot of practical follow-through on things like this. And so what I mean by that is there was a lot of um, the power of the Holy Spirit, um, break every chain, Mm -hmm. these kind of, you know, mantras. Um, But then... You know, and I don't know that I've ever heard anybody say it specifically, but kind of if you were, if you came to church, were part of a, a small group, um, had a daily devotion and still struggled with alcoholism, or maybe you struggled with a, a stronger substance, 
and you saw the twelve step program out too. There was almost it felt like an unspoken like a, friction to that being looked down upon by people or those that kind of thing. Or your faith should be enough. The church should be enough. And for some, I think there was probably a well, you know, if you were spirit filled or if the Holy Spirit was strong enough in you, and it just it was lacking to me. And I'll, and I'll tell you why. My father struggled with alcoholism. He had two bouts of it in his life. Um, one before I, I came into the world, and one. Um, as I became a teenager, um, he had an injury that, um, happened. I kind of hit my teenage years, which kids are a lot of fun. And, you know, my dad's world just kind of, kind of got flipped upside down. And, um, he told me the story, um, that one day, you know, he used to on the way home from work. This is when times were a little bit different, but he'd stop by the convenience store, fill up the car, grab a beer, head to the house. And for him, it really was that it took one drink. And it was mm-hmm. it was done. Sobriety was was gone for him. And by God's grace, he um he found you know victory over deliverance from pick your charismatic you know wording there. Um, but it did come with the help of a of a twelve step program. And um, by God's grace, Dad knew the Bible. He knew Jesus, and so there wasn't a mysterious deity involved. It was God. It was Jesus, and. And I still, I'm still a firm, firmly believe in my father's salvation, but he needed that targeted, specific support system to kind of overcome it. And you know, I don't think about it a lot anymore. But when when Kevin and people like that ask, I don't have a, a huge problem with strategic, yeah, twelve step programs and things like that. Yeah. Do you think we as the church do a good enough job? Yeah, I think, people. I think that was essentially his question and go, going back and looking now at the Hall of Dogma and, and the question that he posted back on uh, July 3rd. And, and he said, where's the church at large on the issue of addiction? And he said, I say it's absent. And he talks about a journey that his own family has been going through and, and some of the various Christian addiction ministries um, mm-hmm. that they have been uh, in, involved with. And he goes on to say that um, – you know, they've met a lot of people who've been opening up about where they are in relationships with those who've been secret dealing with pain and and, and the wandering uh, of, of addiction or addiction of a family member on their own. And they're afraid of gossip, judgment, or, or, or no teaching on how to deal as a parent or the child or the spouse of an addict. So, uh, you know, essentially, uh, I kind of agree with a um, friend of the show, Manuel Marsh, who posted on there, hopefully one day we're going to get Emmanuel uh, to yes, be with please. us here in the Hall of Dogma and be on the show. But... Uh, you know, Manuel goes in there and says that, you know, the church is definitely behind an understanding how to deal with addiction, and there has been some um, improvement. And, you know, I, I, there's a couple of things that I go to. And number one, I do believe that, and I, I kind of preached on this this morning in, in a message that I was doing here, uh, going back to Jeremiah 17, I believe, that says, Curse is the man who makes flesh his strength. I think ultimately we need to first and foremost look to Jesus and look to uh, the, the Father for the answers to our issues. Absolutely. Um, I think that, you know, I, I think that we are spiritual people. We are spirits. The Bible says that the Spirit of God testifies to our spirit. So we are mm-hmm. primarily spirits. And so I think we, we look to Him first mm-hmm. and foremost for answers. And I do think there's a problem today where we have humanized, um, where we have humanized problems. Um, so some people ask the question, why don't we see more demonic activity or demonic possession and those things as people did in the New Testament? And I think there's 
probably a couple reasons for that. Um, I've heard some people say, well, you know, because Jesus was on the earth, Satan was more active during that time, you know, with him. But mm-hmm. I think one thing is that we may see a lot more demonic activity yes. today, but we've just put human names on it. We, I, we, we've, we've made humanistic approaches, and um, I want to be very careful, always careful when I say this, uh, because I do believe there are... God's grace is in medicine, and and that God has given us knowledge of certain uh, combos of medicines to help people, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I believe that. But I think we're in a place where, you know, we prescribe medicine pretty readily and quickly. Doctors do, and and so we don't ever deal with the root of issues, spiritual issues. As a church or as, as individuals, we just kind of go and, and and find a, a pill to mask yeah. the symptoms. Now, again, you know, don't hear me say something I'm not. I think there's probably reasons to have those at times. But I think when we start on this journey, number one, we start looking spiritually and looking to Christ. And I think that we seek out spiritual answers. But does that negate ever going to a counselor or an addiction clinic or a... Uh, rehab house. Right. And I think the answer to that is no, right. because I think they can be helpful. Here's where I I think they should be, for me, I think they should be Christian-based. I think they should yes. be groups who are seeking to, to first and foremost deal with the spirit of the individual, mm-hmm. and at the same time, deal with the practical issues. Yeah. Um, let me give you a quick example, and I'll throw it back to you yeah. for a moment for some comment. But I had what I would call an addiction. I think I've mentioned this on a previous show for many years to pornography. And um, ultimately, ultimately, it's been, I believe, a decade, over 10 years since I have fallen in that area. But And I believe ultimately that was solved by God, a spiritual healing that he brought. But I had to take practical steps right. during that time mm-hmm. when I was dealing with that issue. There were practical things that I had to do. And I tell people that today. Now, if you're dealing with this issue, throw the computer out of your house, You know, crush your phone with a hammer. <laughs> there are practical things that you need to yeah. do. But ultimately your healing is not going to come because you've learned to as they call bob your eyes or look away <laughs> or get rid of your computer Those ultimately are to the puzzle. yes ultimately yeah. the healing is only going to come from Christ i i wholeheartedly um agree with that you know we um kevin and i carpool with another one of our um, church members uh, to and from work and so you know we we've talked about it we've gone into you know there's there's those conversations you're only going to have with close friends cuz you can kind of come across sounding like cuckoo for cocoa puffs but we, you know, I have posed the question, do we sometimes medicate the spiritual? Mm. And I think with some That's of the, the psychotropic, you know, things that really kind of jack with your psyche, I don't wonder if there's a degree of not medicating the spiritual. Now, to a completely secular physician, they're going to be like, uh, yeah, you don't, you don't yeah. understand what we do. Yeah. And, and so I don't, again, I'm not trying to sound like a doctor because I'm not, um, but I do wonder how much that plays a part for for the person struggling with substance abuse problems and and you know I'll be honest just kind of admitting our our feelings here I don't know that we can completely answer Kevin's question no. um, what I can say is I don't I don't know that your average church um does enough but it, being honest I I don't think I think to to deal with real substance abuse issues from a practical standpoint, I don't know that many churches are fully equipped. No. Um, and so to to the person who who is dealing with or has a family member who's dealing with um, substance abuse, you know, 
truth and love. That's that's a big mm-hmm. mantra for us. And so I don't think you I don't think you play softball because you know they just need they need to know we love them. No, they need to know the truth. Yeah, um, but they need to know someone's got their back. And so that I think there's a different balance there. Um, I'm going to go with truth and love. Um, and and I don't think you ever stop teaching the word. And I think you focus the parts of the word. Um, that you teach. Um, but I would say that you reach out to um, someone who does this with a Christian um, yeah. focus. Because someone I'm not gifted advoca- in that area. Absolutely. I'm not advocating for AA or NA or any of those things. Um, but there's a process those systems walk out with people that can be very helpful. I think churches do parts of those. Um, but, and, and here's where I'm going to come across sounding like the, the contrarian. But. At large, there is a feeling that churches want you to fix your problems mm-hmm. and then come in. Yeah. And for the addict or for the person who's maybe not an addict but just doesn't want to kick it because yeah. it does make them feel better. I, you know, I think there's a step between that from that to addiction. Um, churches sometimes make it hard for those people to, to approach us. And so um, – Well, like Kevin said, you know, people feeling like an outsider, yeah. you know, or, or like they're segregated or like yeah. they're, you know, and, and – and, you know, ch- unfortunately, this is a place, you know, churches, a lot of people are, you know, that is where they put on their mask yeah. and that is where they're playing and that is where they're trying to, to be and pretend to be, you know, that they've got it all together. Yeah. And, and the whole point, you know, the gospel teaches you don't have it all together. Yes. I don't have it all together. Yeah. So let's stop pretending like we do. And I guess that would be my encouragement um, to churches is to consider the expectations you're setting on on new people when yeah. they walk in the door um, and make sure those doors feel open to them. Yeah. From a real practical standpoint, I'm actually going to throw out, um, uh, you can, you can either follow this person, on, look at this person on Twitter. Um, or if you want to look at their church, um, these are local um, to us or in Springville. Um, Gresh Harbuck is the pastor of 180 church in Springville. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I got to play a worship set up there. Um, a buddy of mine's worship leader said, hey, he needs a bass player this night. You want to come check him out? I was like, sure. And it was um, 180 Church, and it was church, and then it was a 12-step meeting. Yeah. And, and I, I'll tell you, um, I didn't know what to expect, but I walked away from there going, yeah. 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 They, The way they put this thing together um, I was really I was really impressed with. And then I got to hear Gresh speak at a um, – uh, a retreat that that occurs um, twice a year, and I was even taken more with his ministry and his heart for for people, and also his reverence for God and in the, the Scripture, and just um, he takes all of it seriously. And he, you know, he to me they seem to strike that balance that I would look for um, if yeah. I was sending a, a family member with that struggle kind of thing. Yeah, I think there's three, and I'm like you. I think I think with uh, and Gresh is a good guy, and I, I like. Um, like, um, yeah, actually, I think they planted the church there uh, off of that um, program that he used to. Uh, I th- it, it looks like it. I started to do a quick yeah, skin while you were I think he used to do a program, yeah. and then it turned in. They planted church from there. But um, yeah, a couple, it, does Emmanuel do that type of counseling? Uh, Emmanuel does. Okay. Well, you know, and here's the thing. I, I think Emmanuel does um, does some of that counseling, but okay. I think at the, there's a point where he'll say, hey, Okay. You know, I need okay. to refer you somewhere. Okay. I'd love to hear his take on this. Um, maybe he could he could you know meet us for lunch someday or tell us or something or write, <laughs> us, write, write in. But he, here's what I would say about churches. Um, number one, um, 
I think that the for the church who tries to keep everything in house and just say, hey, look, you know, we'll get through this, you know, um, we can get you through this, you know, with with just obey the word and 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 pray and and i think those are great i mean i yes. think those are absolutely you know again i'm going back to i think that healing's only going to come from christ but mm-hmm. i think churches need to be able to say there are people out here who are experts in this area in mm-hmm. other words gifted in this mm-hmm. area that they have a gifting they are spirit filled and mm-hmm. they're going to point people to jesus but they also have an idea they they have experience mm-hmm. they know how to deal with the practical right. and don't be afraid churches to refer people out you don't everything doesn't have to be kept in house mm-hmm. you you can refer people know when you need to say right. okay this is a little bit above especially pastors because i i understand the pressure people come to you for answers i understand the pressure to mm-hmm. say answer every problem mm-hmm. don't be afraid to say i just don't know now at the same time i think there are churches who maybe are just afraid to deal with the issues and they try to push people off who have addictions let people who have addictions or their family have addictions find a home in a community where you are. Mm-hmm. Don't we're not playing church. We're not trying to pretend we're perfect. Mm-hmm. People in a church group and setting and community should be able to completely open up about their lives to people and not feel ridiculed and not feel subjected to segregation. Mm-hmm. Because this is, I mean, that's the whole point of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Again, we don't have it all together. Christ does. We want to point people to Jesus. Jesus himself said. You know, healthy people don't need a physician. Sick people do. <laughs> and so I came to save the lost. I came to save the sinners. And and so we need to offer people hope. And hope is, hey, Jesus. as a church, we may not have all the answers, right. but what we can do is walk this out with you. And and you're not going to be alone in this. And we're going to help you find answers. So I, I think that's a start for churches. Absolutely. What you said made me want to just kind of, because I realized I kind of jumped around. I am not saying that those kind of um, Damascus Road experiences with with substances or, oh, yeah. or different struggles don't happen. I, I, Please amen. don't hear me saying amen. And, and to the person struggling, pray for that. Yeah. Continue praying yeah. and pray believing that it can because they have. And so do believe it can happen for you. Um, my encouragement, I, I guess I kind of shifted more towards believers. And it goes back to what David articulated with his struggle in that, you know, his struggle was many years. I know I've had things, you know, I I, I can I can get um, feisty quickly, um, hence my name Nuclear Nick, and and um, you know that's a walk out of faith, and and by God's grace, I have people who walk that out with yeah. me, and so what I'm what I'm saying is, you know, believer who's struggling with anything, um, don't stop believing for on a dime healing, but at the same time, brother and sister who's next to them realize that you've had things that you've had to walk out, and even though it's not the same. They're having to walk this out and just and commit to walk with them. Amen. Uh, amen to that. Um, and, uh, you know, join in the conversation on the Hall of Dogma. If you're not a part of that, join in. You can also see how Kevin um, weekly makes me into uh, extra lame superheroes. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. This week, I I, this week, my head is on the body of a raccoon. <laughs> it's Rocket Raccoon, man. Seriously, I'm a rac- raccoon. Raccoon. Whichever. I don't know where Bullwinkle is, but he should be standing right next to me. He is. He's to the left. Uh, hey <laughs> That would be... Uh, Captain Crunchy. Well, actually, it depends on 
if you're staring at it. Visual left. Yeah, okay, visual left. Yeah. Uh, and also, look, seriously, go to YouTube and, and look for the- Are you going to do this? Look for the channel called, all right, B Science Fiction TV. TV. Yeah. So the letter B, Science Fiction TV. That is Kevin Small's YouTube channel. And you can find out there all the episodes of the extremely popular podcast we did called Geek Out. And this was basically, you can see me and Nick and uh, Kevin on there and then a couple of uh, other Buddy friends. Bean. Yeah, Bean. Uh, I think Kyle was on there one yeah. time. We had a lot of fun with that. Particularly, <laughs> I w- and you'll, you'll find out very quickly, I don't know anything about sci-fi. And, uh, but very quickly, I'd like to point you to an episode called Geek Out, which is better, DC versus Marvel. And uh, if you have chance, you may notice that most of the views on these other episodes range from 115 okay. All right. to Calm 700 down. to uh, 90. This particular episode has 5,446 views. And if you just you serious? take you about 15 minutes to watch that episode. And send <laughs> it's in, worth the punchline. That's feedback. all I'm going to say. It's worth the punchline. You, uh, you can also watch iPad 2, The Juggernaut, which is only 49 seconds long, but you can see um, why I bought an iPad <laughs> and not any other. How'd that work out for you? Uh, not as good as it worked out for you in that episode. <laughs> Geek Out was awesome. It was fun to do. But it was that's what I'm saying. It was such a fun podcast to do. So check that Lord out. Lord Will and Kevin's going to try to resurrect it. So well, also it pulls together. Yeah. Also in the Hall of Dogma this week, um, good friend of the show Rob Johnson. Which congratulations, congratulations. Uh, I believe. Yeah, they uh, had their little girl, and yes, uh, uh, we prayed for them on the last podcast. But uh, I've Rob, missed some of the. Is this the first child for them? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's first child, uh, a girl. little girl. You are so and, in trouble. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> so I haven't heard. Um, I haven't heard from Rob since they got home. <laughs> I, you know, I bet not many people have heard from Rob. Yeah, since I mean, they I've, got been, home. Uh, I've been. I've uh, been. You know, we've been interacting some on the Twitter and uh, the Twitter and on Facebook and um, and he's he been he's been posting on his uh, blog, which is apologetics105.com and a good blog there that Rob started dealing with some apologetic issues but uh, I've not heard from him since he got home with the baby what could they possibly have going on right now sleepless (laughs) nights uh, (laughs) long hours feedings but uh, anyway Rob posted an article uh, off his blog uh, Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago back on July 5th and uh, he just asked for uh, people's feedback and the article was, speaking in tongues, is it a necessary part of salvation? So I thought we'd dun, deal dun, with this dun, for just dun. a couple of minutes. Both Nick and I have a little bit of a charismatic background. Yeah. So uh, I'll just ask you first, Nick, how, how much, um, how many times did you run into um, where people were saying speaking in tongues was a necessary part of salvation? In other words, you you need to have displayed this particular gift in order to prove um, that you have been saved or as part of your salvation for salvation it was actually very few yeah it was a val it was a validation of your salvation because mm-hmm. um you know putting serious hat not not punchiness with chase and david on um you know agape now is largely reformed um and and i i as i've gotten older i have a um st- stronger agreement with perseverance of the saints as as it, it is articulated by reformed people. Um, but the church that I went to was was much more of that. The first word that came to mind was flaky salvation, but much more um, reactionary salvation. So I use this illustration. 
to exaggerate a little bit, but if you got in a car wreck, don't cuss before you hit the tree or you may not go to heaven. Yes. Um, and so speaking in tongues, um, being filled with the Spirit, um, and the other, you know, other things that went along with it were a validation of salvation. Yes. And, so. and, and I think uh, Rob says here in the, uh, in the blog, uh, starting off, um, some denominations declare that speaking in tongues is the only initial evidence of the Holy Spirit. They mm-hmm. further make the claim that it is the only way we can know for sure if someone is saved. I will say in my experiences, the second part of that was not something that I've ran into much. In other words, that the claim that having sp- spoken tongues is the only way that you can know someone's saved. I ran more into the first, which mm-hmm. is that um, you know that you are saved – but there is a second filling or a second yes. baptism of the Holy Spirit that comes well, into that, the life of a believer. That second filling is a unique articulation because I have heard the the two fillings. Okay. Yeah. Well, and that's that's what you know. Typically, that's how I heard it right. presented that there were two fillings. Basically, you had an initial encounter with the Holy Spirit right. when you were saved, mm-hmm. but there was a second that comes, a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yep. That comes subsequent to salvation, yes. and that the and that is where the Holy Spirit actually comes into your life and empowers you, mm-hmm. and and so that sign for that is right. speaking in tongues, right. and that if you've not spoken in tongues, then uh, ultimately you, you know you don't have any evidence mm-hmm. of, of the bab- baptismal work of the Holy yes. Spirit in your life. So, um, all right, so let me let me give a few thoughts here. I um I. I, I disagree with that. Wait, we, we said we're only going to have one thought at a time. Oh wow. Okay. All right. Let me let me try to figure out which thought I want to put first. <laughs> I'm uh, messing with you. But Kevin I get... joked with us that we were going to do that, and then last week you're like, "Okay, we're almost done. Three more things." Yeah. Three more. Three more. For th- three more thoughts. Okay. Let's start with this one. You're good, man. I believe that um, the Holy Spirit is present at salvation. And I believe that he is in the life of the believer, and I, I believe that um, speaking in tongues is not the only sign of your life being filled by the Holy Spirit. One verse I would point to, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 30, where Paul says, Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? And, and those are rhetorical questions. All people don't do those things. These are not things that all people mm-hmm. do. And uh, and while some people would counter there and say, well, you know, that's speaking of the gift, but everyone should speak in tongues for the first time. I just do not believe the Bible holds that up as mm-hmm. or teaches that. Um, uh, I, I think that people point to experience that certain people had in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. But I would go down that road and say, well, there's a picture in the Bible where one of the disciples baptized a new believer, and when mm-hmm. he came up out of the water, he was apparently transported to another place yep. uh, for ministry. And so if you completely go on every experience picture that you see in the New Testament... <laughs> um, we you know, should teleport. Yeah, we should, be, we should be doing this thing. So I... I, I I don't believe the New Testament mm-hmm. clearly lays that out. I believe that speaking in tongues is real today. Mm-hmm. I'm a continuationist. I believe that um, it is a sign of the Holy Spirit, but I don't think it is the only initial sign. So I'll start with that thought, and then I have another one in a minute. <laughs> I'm just picking on it because you really can't continue. But um, the articulation, um, the, the, the articulation, distinction, um, pick 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 a word there, but uh, what what Robert seems to be talking about here—that initial evidence um, of speaking in tongues—is what I've heard called a prayer 
language. Yeah. And as I've kind of dove into, dived into, um, how do you say that one? Anyway, um, is, is <laughs> I, in, if I looked in. more into that, I, I don't see a lot of support for p- personal prayer language being being upheld. Um, mm. I see people. Whoa, controversy. Well, I see people praying. Yeah. Um, I see people speaking in tongues. I see people interpret, and then I see people um, see people speaking in tongues and other people hearing. So there's that. Yeah. Um, it seems to be there's a a message to a congregation from the Holy Spirit that is then interpreted to the congregation, and then there is what you see at Pentecost where. Me and you don't speak the same language. I speak what sounds like gibberish to the to the dude over here, yes. but you understand me clearly. Yeah, it, and that seems to be the two. Um, and so you know, it's it's a tough it's a tough deal. Um, there is where Paul seems to um, indicate that, um, you know, it's the limit. And I don't have the verse in front of me, the the reference, but um, I remember the charismatic uh, slash Pentecostal church I grew up in. Um, there was the limit of three messages in tongue, then interpretation, and then the admonition by Paul that if there's more than three, that person should be silent and kind of. Keep well, he it actually himself. says he should he should pray to himself. Pray I to believe. himself. Yeah. And so I think that's where the support for the prayer language kind of, I, I think, is mostly supported from. Yes. Yeah. I, that is a you know there are instructions there for the public speaking of tongues, right. and it is it is as you said two or three at yes. the most. Uh, if there is no interpretation for the tongue, those people just need to sit down mm-hmm. and pray to themselves, and yeah. so that's part of it. I also think First uh, Corinthians chapter fourteen. Um, I believe it's verse 14 here. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful, Paul says in that passage. So he seems to speak in, um, he, he seems to talk about, I think that's a verse people point back to about praying in a tongue. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, but again, I think that's one of the things is there's several articulations of Where, How tongues. do you think that stuff grows in urban legend in Christendom? Because to me that seems like what you would, "Quote unquote," for lack of a better term, call urban legend, where you you go from there to everybody has their own personal prayer language. How do you think that stuff works? Well, out? I mean, look, I, I don't, you know. Again, I th- I think, and I'm not. I'll say this: I am not actually. Um, I actually happen to think there is a validity to um, a prayer language, and I don't. When I say that, I don't. That's not something that I do a lot, right? Um, or have done a lot in my life, um, and and Paul does. You know, mentioned there in in First Corinthians fourteen, and again, I would I actually need to get the entire um, context, but he, he does talk about seeming to say there's a there is a prayer that you could do in a tongue, um, but okay. I, I think people tend to take uh, I may have articulated about the emphasis on it. Where oh, where does the emphasis come yeah, on? Like it was, it was almost like I'm with you. You need to do it. Yes. Um, it's it was a need, um, not just a. An available I am option. with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, that's a great question. I, I talked today again in the message that I was doing this mm-hmm. morning about how people um, get off of the picture of the centrality of Christ. Like they get away from that. They move mm-hmm. off of that. And so, like for the church at Colossae, it, they had begun getting fascinated with angels and even moving into angelic worship. You mm-hmm. even see that picture. Uh, is is it? It's John, right? In um, it's a John Revelation where he's standing next to the angel and seeing a vision, and oh, then he falls down at the I angel so. and begins to worship the I angel, and 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 he says, and the angel says, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> you know, not me. And so I just think people, you know, 
it's easy to begin to get focused on an issue. I think we talked about this in the Ed Stetzer uh, segment last week. Mm -hmm. You can kind of become an issue Christian. Paul seems to talk about for the Corinthians that they were pretty hungry for miraculous moves. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I think that I put this on my Twitter this week and didn't really get any face uh, feedback back, but it was feedback back. Probably not a great language uh, choice there. But. <laughs> We've been knocking some of those out tonight. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, every miracle mm-hmm. that Christ did, I believe, ultimately was to point back to his authority of who he was. And I believe every miracle that happened in the New Testament ultimately was to point back to Christ and mm. to his you know to to make him known in other so words you may be a cessation I'm just <laughs> no what I'm saying what I'm saying is is that I think everything goes back to Jesus right. and so I think we easily can get fascinated with angels or miracles or speaking in tongues those miraculous gifts of the spirit but you know it's it's Christ, and it's what Christ is mm-hmm. doing for us. In Matthew chapter 9, you know, it, what it shows is the greatest act of power that Jesus has ever done was the forgiveness of our sins. Mm-hmm. And any other miracle that Jesus is doing points back to the fact mm-hmm. that he can forgive sins. Because he actually asked the question in Matthew 9, well, which do you think it's harder to do, to say your sins are forgiven <laughs> or to say get up and walk? Right. Well, so since you'll know that I have the power to do both— <laughs> Take up your yeah. mat and and walk. And so what Jesus is saying there is, hey, hey, the greatest thing I do is I can forgive sins. No one else can do yeah. that. Um, and so he, here's the proof of that right. is I can do these things. So I think where we get off track is when we lose our central focus on Jesus. That doesn't yeah. say the Bible doesn't speak to poly, uh, you know, our polity and how we do things. Mm-hmm. But um, – I think we always have to keep that focus on Christ. I do, however, and we don't have time to talk about it today, but I do, however, believe that – and let me word this correctly. Mm-mm. I don't – Don't get us in trouble. Do then. you have all of the Holy Spirit that you'll ever need or have <laughs> Why, man? when you're saved? And, you know, what is the – you know? What does that look like? And and I do think the Bible tells us be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is yeah, this would be a good one for Chase. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And and I believe the Greek there is more of a be continually filled. Mm -hmm. Be continually filled. I think that we make a mistake by not seeking further power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so this is this is kind of where I walk that line of saying, I don't I don't think it's good to go down this road of saying the only way to prove you have the Holy Spirit is to speak in tongues, because right. I think you're creating this kind of two-class Christianity. It's, it's very much have like a role-playing game where you've got to level up. Yeah, that's exactly. the way it felt. Exactly. Um, and if you, hey, if you haven't spoken tongues, then you can't you can't prove that. <laughs> you can't sit at this table with yes, but <laughs> potluck. But and, and I heard people refer to it that way. Well, yeah. they've they've just not gotten the Holy Spirit yet. Yeah. I'm like, well, no, the Bible says he's there. He, <laughs> yeah. he, he sealed you. He sealed you at your redemption, at your salvation. You were sealed by the Holy Spirit. He is in your life. The only way that you came to know Christ was through the power of the right. Spirit. No one can say Christ is Lord without, without the Spirit. But I do think we make a mistake in certain denominations by just assuming, you know, well, the Holy Spirit comes in, he helps you get saved. And then that's it. No, yeah. I think there's a power there, and I think there's a power of God that we should pursue. And so Absolutely. that's probably another good discussion for a day when Chase is here. But uh, good article. Yeah, uh, credit Rob. where credit is due. Apologetics105.com, if, if we 
check Robert out on that. Absolutely. All right, we're going to get ready to get out of here. All righty. In just a moment. But before we do that, um, we got a, a uh, article from StuffChristiansLike.net. Uh, do you follow this cat on Twitter, now, John Acuff? Yes, yes. Actually, I do follow. Okay. Is, is this John Acuff's site? Okay. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, he wrote this book. And, you know, I don't know what came first, chicken or the egg. I don't know if he has other books before this, but I started, I got to know, you know, I heard about him from Stuff Christians Like. Um, yeah. That, that book is funny. I I have not read the book. Um, I've only seen like snippets here and there, but it's it's pretty stinking funny. I actually follow John Acuff on Twitter, and John Acuff follows me on Twitter. <laughs> Now, I would say that's impressive, but he follows 73.6 thousand people. So Yeah, I think he's a, a return follower or whatever you call him. Re- Reciprocal fo- yeah. followers. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so all right, on stuffchristianslike.net, he posts an article. Actually, this was would have been good for the uh, July. I think he went to Sanford, by the way. Really? I think so. Did he? Okay. Yeah, anyway, go ahead. All right, so from here um, – he, he posts an article called The Everyone is on Vacation and Anything Goes Church Service, a.k.a. Tomorrow. And this I was, uh, he posted this just in time for the July 4th weekend, um, holiday weekend. And we didn't get to it last week on the show. But this is, um, he says, it's a poorly kept secret that the weekend before or after a big holiday, your church is going to do things a little differently than on most Sundays. That is, with a large portion of the congregation out on vacation, they're going to mix it up a little. And so he gives some, um, <laughs> He offers eight ways your church can spice up these holidays yeah. where most of your congregation is gone. So I'm going to start with the first one here. These are pretty good. Number one, controversy. Since a lot of folks won't be in church because they're on vacation, use this opportunity to address all of the most controversial issues. Talk about politics, popular books, and <laughs> anything else that would otherwise get the crowd riled up and upset. That way when someone says, I wish this church was not so seeker-focused and dealt with some of the tough issues, you can reply, you should have been here on Obama Drug Sex Sunday. <laughs> Number two is snakes. Ever thought about incorporating some pit vipers into your service? No. We were just talking about this. No, I'm kidding. No, we haven't because I am deathly afraid of snakes. Yeah, it's not happening. Why not on a Sunday when everybody's out of town? It's not. You'll like this next one. Wait a minute. Wait. He says, I don't know where you can buy a bag of rattlers, <laughs> but surely someone near you sells poison He's snakes. He's not deep enough in the South again. I'm sure somebody at our church knows. <laughs> That's what Lewis does for fun on Saturday night. Uh, number three, how about church sumo wrestling? At every church, there are little church politics no one wants to talk about. Yes. The worship minister wants to do more modern songs than the pastor will allow. The elders think the pastor needs to do more Old Testament and less Seinfeld references. Hey, if you're making Seinfeld references in 2014. Well, no, because the tar- that's the thing, the target demo. Because they're young, upwardly mobile. That's the thing. You've got to oh, okay. hit that target demo, and they're all Seinfeld fans. <laughs> think about it. Lisa... She's that target demo you want. She's, she's a big the Seinfeld big, fan. She is, okay. and she's at the big. You know, you would get me with French references. Close enough. Okay, but you're you're at a I stable point Seinfeld. in your career, and you want those people to latch into your church because all that's going to happen is their their uh, income's going to go up, so your tie's going to go. All right, so <laughs> tie or die. Episode something. Nice, nice. Way to call it back. Get those. So he says, get those big blow up sumo costumes you can rent. A huge tube of bootleg jello, and then have everyone settle their differences. All right, I want to go one on one with John in the sumo wrestling. You don't stand a chance. You don't think so? I probably don't. Who do I stand a chance against? 
One of the fourth graders. I was about to say, you got Will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, me and Chase and one of those. That would be Me epic. and Chase and one of those. That would, uh, me and Kevin. Oh, that'd be brutal. We had, we, got a, we, got a, we got a dunk tank one year, and we were going to do the whole dunk the elders thing, and then everybody realized it was like 117 outside, and we all wanted to be dunked. <laughs> yeah. Number four. All right, Skittles. <laughs> okay, why not throw Skittles out during the service? Instead of saying, watch this, or listen to this, or are you tracking with me? Or another phrase that's designed to get people's attention, why not throw handfuls of Skittles at them? Okay. Would okay. you love to be hitting the side I of the like head with that. a bunch of fruit candy delightfulness? I like that. Hey, hey, are you listening? Hey. We had a lady one time. You would be depressed with the response. Go ahead. I had a lady one time years ago who would read a newspaper during worship. No. Yeah. And and she, I was preaching one Sunday, and she was gone. She was gone in like the first 10 seconds of me talking. Wow. I mean, she was out. And I'm not talking about it like a little out trying to hide it. I mean, like head back, mouth open, gone, and stayed that way. Skittles would have been perfect. Skittles would have been perfect. <laughs> but at the end of the message, you know, that was back no. when we did the whole stand in the back thing and shake hands. What did you do? We don't do that anymore. I didn't do anything. She walked up to me and said, I really enjoyed the message today. <laughs> and I really started to go, which part of it did you like particularly? Did you ask her about the uh, passage from Revelation chapter <laughs> chapter 21? Revelation. <laughs> Weird instruments, number five. Ever wondered what an accordion and triangle version of the song I can we only imagine would cowbell. sound like? <laughs> A cowbell. Sorry. That's awesome. All right. Um, practice <laughs> Practice Christmas. Next to Easter, the Christmas service might be the most important one you do, so why not do a dry Dry run run in July? (laughs) Just consider to practice. Do the candles with the kids, hang some holly, sing the carols, do the whole thing. Then that way, when the (sighs) Christmas rolls around, you'll be ready. Hey, did you know that at the Hall of Dogma Church, we actually did, com that we actually did a um, live nativity one time for Christmas? Do you really? No, uh, well, just one time. We had goats. We did. We did a hayride from the top of the church down to the bottom hill okay. and went past. And, and people had goats um, as part of the nativity. That's awesome. Which I didn't actually know there were goats at the nativity, but that was all we could find. <laughs> Number seven, haikus. <laughs> Hold on. I got to tell you a funny story. So we used to do, I, the church I grew up at going to, um, they did these big dramas. So you're talking about the Christmas service here. They did these big like Easter dramas, yeah. It's so. Uh-oh. One year they tried to do this ancient Greek thing, and they had, they had the apostles being martyred and thrown to lions, or it was yeah. Daniel. I don't know, but there was a live lion on stage. <laughs> so really, and he was caged and everything, but they were trying to make it seem real, like scared and things. Yeah, and, until the lion wouldn't move, and so you have this Uh-oh. guy trying to pretend to act <laughs> scared, and the lion's just like. If y'all would please put that curtain down, I could go back to sleep. So the line's not moving <laughs> not at bit. all. And the wow. guy's trying to look scared. Easter drama fail. Good times. Haikus. Do the entire sermon in haiku. Am I saying that right? Haiku, yeah. It's not as hard as you think. Here's an example. Jesus was so cool. Five syllables. Syllables. <laughs> <laughs> no, that you said wrong. He gave syllables. He gave Syllabies. his life for our sins. Seven syllables. Let's be close to him. Five syllables. I actually don't get that because I don't. I've never done the haiku thing. I, it's apparently a hipster thing. I don't know. Okay. Have an SCL Sunday, Stuff Christians Like Sunday. Why not throw a Stuff Christians Like service? We'll we'll play Sandy Patty. We'll play Sandy Patty and Michael W. Smith songs. We'll we'll take a love offering and interlink our fingers when we hold hands. We'll get a puppet group named Strings of Mercy to come to Noah's Ark story, and then I'll speak. It'll be fantastic. Hey, uh, did you know that our oh my gosh uh, uh, worship pastor 
always had a idea of naming the worship band Free Beer, I, and then putting it on the sign Free Beer <laughs> Sunday morning, ten a.m. <laughs> I've heard him say that. Now that you mention it, I, look, that I might go over home. better than Sandy Patty. Is she still around? I, I mean, do you <laughs> do you mean that she's gone to be with the Lord, or <laughs> do you mean that she still perform? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just meant that she's still making music. I hope she's still with us. <laughs> Do you call what she used to make music? Okay. Oh, see. Wow. Burn. I'm, being mean. I'm being mean. No, my parents loved Sandy Petty. Well, you've got to understand, I kind of, I kind of, uh, I was sheltered as a child in that I didn't get to listen to a lot of other music other than Christian. Okay. And so I kind of came up on um, like the Sandy Patty and Michael W. Smith and Carmen. Carmen. A2J. I remember oh, standing yeah. outside a large church here called Cathedral of the Cross that you and I are familiar <laughs> with for the Carmen uh, concert. Did he come to Cathedral? Kid. Yeah, he did. I remember seeing it at the BJCC. Well, he couldn't get in at the BJC, BJCC that year because Reba McIntyre was there. I'd have gone to see Reba. <laughs> <laughs> look, Carmen, look, at that, at that age, I thought Carmen was the coolest thing. Look, Witch's Invitation. That song was epic. What's the other? Did he have another one? He did. I don't know, dude. His, his like his stuff was like he always had the the videos. It was very like theatric. He was, yeah, he was What's riding the one on, from he was riding on the horse. Um, he had the like the old west stuff. Witch's invitation is about the only one that I remember, and um, that was a it was a that was a pretty um it was a pretty wicked song. I mean, it, you know, not musically, but most of his stuff was like that. It was like a what was like a combo rap type beat bop deal. Revival, oh, Satan bite the dust. Oh, revival in the land. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Hey, look, he so had. I, I, well, that, that's one of the things. Our with, turn now. The, cha- the champion. The champion. That's what it was. That's Look, that song is epic. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it's a little bit too theatric. You know, um, I, I don't know. I, I think that uh, some of the theology behind some of those songs, I, I think, and this is part of, you know, kind of being in that charismatic movement, but I think there's a little bit too much of the, um, you know, we're going to take hell on with, yeah. you know, head on and, oh, yeah. and, and we're going to go and, and, and we're going to, uh, um, you know, we're going to. You know we're gonna we're gonna beat Satan and take him out and and you know I think of the passage from Jude mm-hmm. uh, verse nine where it says when the archangel Michael contending with the devil was disputing about the body of Moses he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment but said the Lord rebuke you so in other words hmm. e- even the archangel Michael would not say something blasphemous toward Satan he just yeah. he, he he named Christ and I think that's kind of that thing mm-hmm. I always get a little. You know, when people start, um, oh, Satan's an idiot, and, and he's, you know, will I'd punch him in he's the face. Stupid. And I mean, what all this, you know, I just think there's a, look, he's not as powerful as Christ. Absolutely. But he is, you know, I mean, there's, I don't know, I just, I, I go with the biblical mm-hmm. mandate there. And, and I think some of those songs, even though I liked them, yeah. was a little bit too much of that. Yeah. So. Think of think of the verse you talked about in your message this morning. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah. The emphasis is not on the I. The, the I is a, a resolution. Yeah. I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not yes. I can do all things through Christ. Yeah. You know. Yes. Put the like I said. Put the wrong. Put the right emphasis on the right word there. Yes. Um. So Amen. yeah, I, I agree with that. Thanks, uh, John, for the uh, the article there. That was good. <laughs> and thanks for following me on Twitter with the other. 
76. <laughs> he actually does follow me as well. So um, I'm not special. Remember. So many options. Speaking of special, um, how do you feel about the news about the um, Alabama and Auburn quarterbacks coming out over the weekend where the Auburn quarterback made some interesting choices and the Alabama recruit quarterback made some interesting choices? As well. I haven't actually seen the one about the Alabama quarterback. Oh, um, you mean where the Alabama 2015 quarterback commit finished higher than the guy who dropped us for USC? You didn't see that? I didn't see that. Mm, yeah. I didn't see that. That's good. So how's it going for Nick Marshall right now? Really? We're going to do this. Are we Are we still recording? Can I say? We are recording. Let me tell you what I would do. I, I've already I've already told you this earlier. Today. I know. I was just Let me tell you what I would do if I was Gus Malzahn, who is Nick Marshall, is Quarterback scheduled. for the Auburn Tigers. Yeah, quarterback for the Auburn Weagle, Tigers. Weagle. And he is scheduled to be at SEC Media Days this week. And there's a talk about whether or not maybe Gus would pull him from yeah. that. But I, I, would, I would have him go. Yeah. I would have him go. And I would have him deal with all the questions straight up. Even the I've read today the police officer that pulled him over said he was very remorseful. Right, right. And this is something he can learn a lesson from. I'd have him go to SEC Media Days, answer the questions, yeah. deal with it, get it over with. Yeah. I so, saw an article um, in one of my – I have a – in Feedly, I have a college football section. And <laughs> one of the articles, what Nick Marshall can learn from Johnny Menzel. I'm like, oh. No, look. Wow. No, no, no. No, no. No, no. <laughs> But no, let's not hold up Johnny Manziel as our as as our. No offense to you, Cleveland fans. Look, you got LeBron back, so LeBron and Johnny in the same city is going to implode with awesomeness. How do you? Uh, I, I guess um, you know that you burned all those jerseys, Cavs fans. I saw a Facebook post. You're, Twitter. Out, you're out those twenty seven. That twenty seven bucks going to well, go buy another jersey. Googling how do I unburn a jersey. <laughs> Also, by the way, I don't know if you uh, saw this, but um, uh, Miami Heat bandwagon seats are available half off right now. Lots of room. Lots of room. But no, the Alabama um, Blake Barnett, the quarterback commitment that we picked up recently at the opening, he finished apparently one or two, depending on the rankings that you give him, ahead of Ricky Town, who dropped this after Kiffin joined the team. You can tell it's... uh, it's we're just ready for college football to start because this is it's this you know this is all we got to talk about. Well, I was, did you watch any of the World Cup final today? I did not. I saw Germany won. I was actually pulling for him. See, I kept being. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Maybe crazy, but I was having a hard time pulling for him in light of the World War situation. I don't know what it is. I know it was a long time ago. I saw a tweet this week. It was good. It was like, yeah, but they still can't win a World War. <laughs> wow, it was a good game. I mean, it took they today's game. There. Yeah. It went into extra time and everything. Yeah. So I liked the one, you know, where they handed Brazil their honey on a platter. <laughs> they, I mean, just no mm. offense, Ed Stetzer, because I know you're a big Brazil fan. But Look, I, it's just like Brazil didn't show up for that game. They Brazil didn't show up for that game, mm. and they didn't show up for the third place game either because they got beat by. Oh yeah. They, well, but that I don't know how I mean, much. Like, who cares about the third place game? Why do you even play that? Can someone in soccer world please explain to me? Why you have to play a third place Well, game. in fairness, you know, college football, football has the bowl season, and about 97% of those don't matter. So let's Does just, any – like, seriously, is there anyone who cared about that game or who would have cared about that game? Even just, Brazil – Just ask the Alabama Crimson Tide from last year about the game with Oklahoma. I can tell you who didn't care about that game. Brazil. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, one of their stars was hurt. I will say this. Um, you know, we've talked a long time about the college football thing, about – there should be a, a streaming subscription. Yeah. MLS has one. Really? And you can pay, I think it's for the whole season, it's $65 for the year. And as long as the game isn't blacked out because of a cable provider, yeah. you can stream it online. 
I'm a, I, I'm actually sad the World Cup's over. I am too. I'm I'm really am. I I, I look forward to it coming back in four years. <laughs> You've got um, Olympics in two, so you're good. I also am looking forward to next week when Captain Crunchy will rejoin us. Aww. But I think uh, it's I think it's been all right today. I hope so. I had fun. I, I had a good time. I don't know if we still have listeners. This is what Nick and I have been doing for ten years. <laughs> and Lord willing, we'll be doing loving for to hear ourselves longer. talk. So. Hey, 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 hey! That's very egotistical of you, David. So you want to tell them how to find us, or do you no? Want to- because I closed my laptop. <laughs> I was just about to comment. You can go to our Look, Twitter David feed. Love chat at <laughs> at my gospel friends. Facebook.com slash group slash Hall of Dogma. Um, we have a phone, <laughs> 205. Why don't you do the email address? Because it's pretty easy. The gospel friends at gmail.com. You got it. Yay. And then finally, voicemail at 205 575 973. Call us. Someone call us. <laughs> Please. Have you checked it lately? I checked it a lot before last night. I didn't check it before this week just because our kind of show was a little bit yes. in turmoil. Call us. <laughs> right before. Don't make it obscene. Just Why call. did you go to the weird place? Well, I was trying to keep someone from going from... Well, of course, I guess if someone's going to the weird place, me saying that's not going to make it... Make it's probably mind. an invitation. Hopefully not a witch's invitation. <laughs> With that... <laughs> Good night. Work on mic placement. Mic placement. Mic placement. Everyone, place your mics. David, are you done with your wardrobe malfunctions? Well, my belt is off. I am thinking about shedding this shirt. It's about 180 in here. I'm going to go ahead and say you make me uncomfortable enough when the belt comes off. Well, I have a, I have a t-shirt. If on you start right. unbuttoning the shirt but right heard, after taking the belts off, you heard what McConnell. That's a whole new. You heard what McConnell meant this morning. I did not actually. Did you not? I didn't. Were you not out here? So when where were you at when my son was being dedicated? Hold on, I was in the room. Oh, I was just in the back with my youngest two because Rev Verdage and Captain Wordy <laughs> were the two people handling the baby dedication. So it took a minute. Okay. Like I'm not sure with as much time as Chase was taking, he realized there were two more children getting dedicated other than the first two. Yeah. Look, man. He, he said 15 minutes will be good. <laughs> we had 30. Of course, that was with uh, worship and. Y'all have got to let me start working on the time management schedule with y'all. All right. I got chat up. Well, he said, do you know what McConnell means? And I said, athletic and handsome. hey Everyone and else laughed. The whole church laughed. Now that In agreement, I, obviously. Now that I'm saying that, probably at me, not with me. Safe bet. But we love you, David. Dumb ways to die. So many dumb ways to know. Are you singing Dumb Ways to Die? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know that song? My whole family loves it. I don't, but car. I've heard about it. I, th- I think you're... Is your daughter playing that app, that game? Has she uh, ever played it? Well, <laughs> she was playing it more than she is. Lisa just got tired of it finally. Oh, okay. And so she, she kind of squashed it. Yeah. My whole family.
last night. Even had Hannah because she went out. We went out to eat after I'd finished with the sermon. Hannah went with us. That's funny. And we're coming back from Dairy Queen singing. Dumb ways to die. Feed your private parts to a piranha. Are you serious? It's in the song. Does it say private parts or does it say something else? No, it says private parts. Oh, thank God. No, it's not. <laughs> thank All right, God. we ready? <laughs> I'm not sure after that one. Yeah, I'm not either. All right, I'm hitting the timer. Okay.